Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snack Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. I'll start off by saying I'm bored, I'm broke, and I'm back. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Oh, my God. I'm loving this week. Lots of good stuff to talk about. Yeah, it is a good week and lots of good things to talk about. You're very correct. I mean, it's weird because we are sitting here in the penultimate week of April, very far away from professional football, but we got some things to chat about here on The Cult of Cult. This is Brian Stabby, and I'm joined, as always, by Gumby. Hi, Gumby. Hey, man. It took a it took a few weeks off. I mean, how much is too much, really? You know, we're we're people too. We know. I mean, I suppose people are listening. We know that you're listening. Thank you for listening. Uh, we're sorry if you missed us. We missed you. I miss I miss them. I absolutely missed our audience. They are wonderful and they're amazing. But we had a little downtime. Everyone we did. needs a little downtime. Refresh. Let the news catch up. Yeah. And then let's go. Yeah, I, you know. A little bit of news catching up at this point, but mostly it's uh, sort of what is imminent, and it's the thing that everyone seems to be talking about. I mean, of course, it's we're now eight days away from the NFL draft, and then you can insert. I'm gonna insert dun, 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 dun. Yeah, I'm going to put that right there. Um, <laughs> I suppose as a NFL adjacent Washington football team adjacent podcast ostensibly a Washington football team podcast we are obligated to talk a little bit about the draft in advance of the draft we of course will do some post-draft analysis that's my favorite part of the draft I'm much better post-draft than I am pre-draft 100% yeah I mean how what is it what's your relationship with the with the NFL draft I hate all the pre-crap. I don't care about Mel Kuyper. I don't care about Trent Dilfer. I don't care about Chris Sims telling me all about these players that we could or couldn't get. Who's going to get what? Oh, what trades are going to... I don't care. Why don't I care? Because it doesn't matter on draft day. On the all leading up to it, you're hearing about all the big quarterbacks. You're hearing about nothing about any real running backs. Barely hearing about linebackers. What about some safeties I want to hear about? You barely hear anything. People just shoving 
right now these quarterbacks down our throat and it's been year after year after year and of course there's been some big trades that happened cool good for them it has nothing to do with the washington football team my love for the draft starts on the day of the first round i love i love watching it i love sitting down like the idiots in the in the seats screaming and yelling i hate goodell like all that crap i'm all in on that from the moment the draft happens until afterwards we know who we have let's talk about them that's real i love that what about you brian yeah i i um i have been a draft watcher in the past uh gosh what year did mark sanchez get drafted mark oh i don't know sanchez was drafted wow that's a i mean what 2013 2014 no it's got to be earlier than that 2000 2009 he was drafted much earlier i was very wrong the 2009 draft is the last draft that i watched from i watched it from start to finish i watched the whole thing uh washington took who did they take they took Brian Arakpo in that draft in the first round. With Great 50. draft. It was a good draft. A lot of a lot of um, talent there. Matt Stafford went number one overall. That was the last time I was really excited to like do the whole thing. I but but yeah. Do you know who was a sixth round draft pick the just the year before that? Tell me. Number one eighty six overall for your Washington football team. Colt Brennan. Colt Brennan. God bless. We are nothing. We're not a we're really a Cole Brennan themed podcast is what it comes to. We really are. The cult of cult. Uh, you know, and I've done some draft festivities before First Amendment Sports and Ken and his team and go we had some really fun draft shows at um God, what's Caddies in Bethesda? Oh, I love Caddies. Did some live streaming there. Got to meet some um, some franchise legends. Had a lot. Had a had a band. The whole thing. There, if, if if you follow Hogshaven, you know about these these uh, draft parties that we that we used to have. And so, I mean, last year, I think back last year, the draft was basically the first sporting related event that took place following the start of the pandemic like everything had shut down there were no games the two big sports related things at that time were the nfl draft which went remote and i thought it went pretty well all things considered and everyone they pulled it off pretty well they did and then everyone uh watching the michael jordan documentary which i also watched all of it it was maybe a little bit of overkill but i enjoyed it I thought it was phenomenal. I grew up with Michael Jordan as one of my favorite basketball players. I was that era, loved every second of it. Watching him be the egotistical maniac that he is, I I, I bathed myself in my happiness of that. Oh, that yeah. was just so good to me. He's he's true. He's truly a sociopath, and really oh. like had editorial control on that documentary, and still was like, yeah, I'm gonna put this thing out, knowing that. Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah I'm gonna put it down twice. Why? Because I'm Michael Jordan. I can't wait for him to do his uh, Kobe Bryant induction to the Hall of Fame. That's going to be phenomenal. Yeah, that'll be neat. I'm looking forward to that. I do like. I do like. Um, that's a fun ceremony. I think. Um, but I, I guess in terms of pre-draft stuff, I these days, I will. I will probably watch the first night. We could. We could presumably. We could maybe even do. Uh, 
a live show that night if if you're up for it. We're making plans right now, folks. This is where we're at. We could Ooh. we could watch and we can react in real time to the Washington pick in the first round, assuming that they have one. Um but truly I cannot get excited and I like can't get invested in pre-draft stuff. There's some comedian and I'm going to apologize to whoever it is for, um, for saying his joke and not crediting him because I don't remember who it is, but he said basically watching, watching the NFL draft is like going to a high school graduation where you don't know any of the people there. It's like, Oh yeah, that's, (laughs) those are some names like the, Oh, Oh, That third round draft pick. Oh yeah, he's uh, a. <laughs> <laughs> he ain't lying about that. It's, I, it's and, true. And, and, I, with the, and with the, it's absolutely true. And then as you look at this, all the pregame, uh, pre-draft stuff is just speculation. It's a speculation that everyone's got a different shot, and they just keep building more and more people. Back in the day, it was just Mel Kiper. Really, it was Mel Kiper talking all the time on ESPN, and his his word became gospel. Now you have so many talking heads and so many different angles telling you 19 or 20 different things, saying who all these sources are. It's confusing. It's mind boggling, but it's also not fun anymore. You know, it's it, it, before it was almost like you're, you're collecting a baseball card. Mel Kuyper would tell you these are the cards you want to get. Now you have everyone telling you all these different things and all these different cards. And it's, and it's absolutely out of control. So it's not fun anymore. Mel Kiper made it at least a little fun when I was a kid, but now I'm looking at I'm bored by this. I, I don't want two and a half months of me hearing about these four quarterbacks, where they're going to go, oh, what's going to happen here, unless specifically the Washington football team does something. I don't care until the 19th pick pops up. Yep. Then I start to get excited. Now I'm excited about who they're going to go after whether they trade ahead. Maybe they want to go after Fields. Maybe they want to go after somebody else, and they come up a couple spots. Hey, I'm all in. Now I'm getting excited. Now the blood's flowing. That is what I'm talking about with the draft. That I love that stuff. Yeah, it's not to be too crude, but it sort of feels like these days, like mock drafts are like assholes, and like they're all kind of weird and s- smell kind of funny. It's like you, you don't want to look too, too closely because it's, it's not so good for you. Uh, just... Anybody, anybody can be a, an expert. These, I mean, who's an expert? Mel Kiper, who you're right, is ostensibly the, the, the be all end all. Like he's the draft guy. He's 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 wrong as much as he's right. And it's he's not even weatherman. it's not even just like predictions in terms of like who's going to get picked where. It's like, oh, this guy's a surefire thing. Like I'm I I'm so this is a great pick for them. Like good value. It's like what on like what are you saying here? I love going back and watching some YouTube videos of all of Mel Kuyper's being wrong. Oh, just yeah. Just constantly being wrong. It's wonderful. It's like, oh, that's awesome. Watching him just talking like, <laughs> that was that guy's an NFL Hall of Famer, and you called him crap. So, yeah, Mel Kuyper, yeah. I'm going to follow you the rest of my days. And he's, like, doing a job. And evidently, yep. he people, you know, people care about this stuff. And I'm not – listen, if you're listening to – us talk about football. You may be one of those people, and I'm not going to say that you're like weird or wrong or dumb. But frankly, it's just I, I have I have cut back on my college football watching. It's like really not for me for a variety of reasons. I just you know you can only I have a finite amount of attention that I can pay to sports, 
I'm, it's it's higher than most people. I think yours is higher <laughs> than most people. But I've just sort of like decided that uh, college football is one of the things I was like, I can kind of live without this one by and large. I went to Maryland. I mean, we've had some good draft people drafted, but sure. I'll tell you what, as a whole, watching them is just, it's just painful because we haven't been good in so long. I mean, literally my entire life, Maryland's been mediocre. So it's hard to get involved in college football when the college you went to, the college you grew up with, the college you love is mediocre. So you're like, eh, I'll go to a game. I'll follow along with guys. You know, Stefan Diggs is great. I love him. Like that type of stuff. But you know, it's not, yeah, I'm not following along that harsh, but well, I, I was kind of laughing because you want to talk about draft picks. Do you know the last draft pick that we had that ended up going to a Pro Bowl? Uh, that went to a Pro Bowl. Like, that went to a Pro Bowl. You know, I love guy. This is a combination of two of my favorite things, trivia and guy remembering. Big fan of both Absolutely. of those things. Um. I feel like it's it's got to be kind of recent, right? They've they've sent she, guys to the Pro Bowl, but but Chris Cooley went drafted. to Chris Cooley went to the Pro Bowl. Is, he did. Is he it more did. recent uh, than Chris have, Cooley? It's more recent than Cooley. Is it Trent Williams? Is it Kirk Cousins? So the and again, so they went to a Pro Bowl, but the most recent draft pick was our 2015 first round draft pick was the, the most recent draft pick to go to a Pro Bowl. Meaning we have now into sheriff. Who was it? Five. It was sheriff. Yeah. Okay. So five years of draft picks, nobody went to a Pro Bowl. Yeah, uh, and you know, like the Pro Bowl is also like a very silly thing too. Like no one's gonna say that Chase Young isn't deserving of a Pro Bowl, or you know, any of those guys along the D line aren't deserving of a Pro Bowl. But I'm just thinking, like in terms of pre-draft stuff i'll tell you the thing that really kind of set me off today that really got me thinking about this is even the the washington football team's website so washingtonfootball.com they have been writing their own pre-draft stuff like profiles of players who they're probably not going to draft like they have staff writers who work for the team and there was a piece today in this uh, what is you know like evidently a series i see them post this stuff on social media it was on um Charles Snowden, who I kind of remember because he went to St. Albans, like he's from D.C. Okay. Um, played, he was a linebacker at UVA. Um, it, you know, they wrote they wrote a nice little piece about him in, you know, it's probably 150, 200 words. But the very top of the article, before it gets into the copy, it goes, the views and opinions expressed in this article do not reflect the opinions of the team. It's like, so this is then just why like... Why is it on the team... <laughs> Then why is it on the team website? It's just like, like a what, very what cynical, kind of like, we know there's nothing going on, but we know you'll read about something related to the draft. <laughs> then you shouldn't post it. Yeah. It's, like, that's that's horseshit. Yeah, it's very silly to me. Uh, so, I don't know. I'm just excited for kind of all this to be over. I did, in preparation for this, um, I kind of just wanted to get a sense of like the scope I was over I was overwhelmed immediately by the scope of the number of places that have like put out mock drafts I I saw and they're just so I mean Mark Tyler who I believe you were tweeting with today 
and we'll get to that in a little bit. He he tweeted something, I believe it was him. He was talking about how like he just saw a mock draft that had Washington drafting a running back in the first round. And it's like, well, that's not gonna happen. No. Like there's no way that's gonna happen. Why would we do this? It's like you spent all this time, you thought it through, and you decided like, oh yeah, running back, running back at nineteen. We have back. running backs. And, yeah, I mean, it's been fairly well documented that, like, we don't love our running backs, or I don't love our running backs. I think we could get better. But I'm not spending a first-round draft pick on a running back. That's for damn sure. No, absolutely. Especially since there are some better players out there. I don't think there's a very deep running back class coming in right now, as, as deep as some other areas that are out there. Or You know, I don't, I've heard no one talk about running backs. Zero people that talk about quarterbacks. I've heard talk about offensive line, which I would love to have some more O-line. People would be desperately... Um, talk about some linebackers and some safeties. I've heard all of those come up, but not really running back. So I'm worried about Mark a little bit. Yeah, uh, he's got an insatiable appetite for reading reading this stuff and tweeting about this stuff. Bless you, Mark. Um, I, I will say before we dive in on sort of what your assessment is, and you kind of touched on it there a little bit about what you think the team needs and what you think they're going to do i i did i read one extremely interesting pre-draft piece that it was from kaylin kaler at defector.com highly highly recommend um and she said that she pointed out that this year's draft is one of the shallowest drafts potentially of all time because they granted extra years of eligible they granted an extra year of eligibility for like super seniors in college and a lot of those guys stuck around and so there's kind of a backlog of players who next year will will we're going to go into the draft and it's going to be extremely deep like there's going to be so much talent that's going to be sitting there next year but a lot of those a lot of guys who otherwise would have kind of been considering coming out for the draft this year or would have been surefire things in like a normal set of circumstances they're um they're sitting it out and they're waiting and so that means that there's going to be like a lot of maybe not a lot but like they're going to be some borderline guys who in any other year would not have been drafted who are going to go starting in like the fifth sixth or seventh round wow (coughs) and uh, you know, and so it, it makes you think, like, for these teams, and there are some who really make their living in the later rounds, the talent pool just being thinner means that a, a fifth-round draft pick this year could be worth a seventh-round draft pick in any other year. Okay, I got you. So just like the the number of really high caliber players that you would expect to see in any given year just based on the number of players entering the draft is is lower. And there are some position groups that I've been again I did a little bit of research, so I, you know, like not too much, but a little bit. There are some position groups that are considered to be extremely thin. The one notable one is uh, is D-line. I saw that, like, there are a lot of D-line. Like, the D-line prospects, there may be a couple of top-tier guys, but the drop-off is pretty steep. So I think that is going to be one 
potentially interesting thing about this go round as a whole. But you know, so I guess we we turn our attention to Washington and they, you know, making the playoffs, they sort of have a mid to late first round selection this year. Obviously, I mean, I've laid my cards on the table. I don't think they're going running back. What? Yeah, they're probably not going running back. What? Uh, <laughs> so, what do you see as being the position or positions that should be, in your estimation, on the radar for Washington this this year, early on? We'll talk. We'll talk first round, and then we'll kind of project out. Like, what are the positions that you think they should be looking at early on? They really need to. So, so let's. I'm taking quarterback out of this conversation for for the main reason is, is that at 19 we're probably not going to grab one. Um, because again, there's I think there's between three to five total that people care about right now, and the rest we can probably pick up if we win an extra guy. But we're we're okay this year for quarterback. There's gonna be other opportunities later to pick one up. But you're not very good, uh, mm-hmm. if you don't have an offensive line. If you don't have someone who can block for that quarterback, if you don't have somebody who who's who's going to block for that running back, Sheriff may not be here next year. Yeah. Uh, uh, by kind of all the rumors are going around, so we need to restock that offensive line real bad, real quick. Um, they outperformed who they were last year. We cannot guarantee that's going to happen again. So, offensive line needs to get stacked up again, and our linebackers need to get hit up again. We need a new refresh on those two positions very quickly, very badly. Um, and we didn't really address them too much in free agency. So we're at a deficiency than those two spots. Now our all, defensive line, we know it's great, yeah. but I'd like to pick up some, at least one extra person to kind of help funnel in. I don't care if uh, we pick up Kerrigan again, if he wants, if he's still out there and he wants to jump in, I'd be all about that. I'd wear my Kerrigan jersey or go buy one and be happy. But our big thing right now is offensive line, linebacker. We need to build those two spots. We need to build them, and we need to build them well for the future because those are going to be some very key cogs to what we do for the next five years. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and there obviously still are some guys that are – out there and available free agents uh, that names have bounced around. I, I think at O-line, Alejandro Villanueva, I mean, he's kind of getting up there. He's 32. Yeah. He went unsigned from, from Pittsburgh. If we're looking at D-line, uh, Melvin Ingram at the edge position is still unsigned. I, th- I don't think that they're going to pay him what he could certainly – get somewhere else. Uh, interestingly, Austin Austin Ryder, the former Washington center who went to Kansas City, yeah. won a ring. Um, he was kind of a bum. I don't want to say he was a bum. He was not so good in Washington, but then he really found got you know found himself in Kansas City. He's he's still unsigned. Russell uh, Okung is still out there. So there are some, and you mentioned Kerrigan. He has um, he's waited. I mean, I don't know sort of what the offers look like. I think it is not completely out of the question that he would come back. Bashaw Breland is still unsigned. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to think who else I've seen. I think uh, 
Sherman, Richard Sherman is still on side. So there's, there are still some free agents, and it's going to be a question for those guys. If I'm Ryan Kerrigan, I, I think it is to his advantage to wait until after the draft because you don't want to sign a team, yep. sign with a team, and then immediately they turn around and draft your replacement. It's like, well, he, he still feels capable, I'm, I'm sure in his estimation, of being a productive guy. And so for veterans sort of like him of that caliber, it's like you wait and then figure out what the best situation is for you. And if ultimately it could be, come back to Washington. And I kind of hope it. I hope he does. I think that would be I hope fantastic. he does. I, I, I think he's probably going to pull off uh, a one-year contract somewhere. Uh, for a couple million dollars, and then as the the COVID has hurt the cap, yeah. So that has put a lot of people in the position where, again, you the draft has to happen. Who's getting paid in the draft? Where they're going to sit? And are they going to take my spot? Because there may be a couple people cut after the draft as well, because that cap hit all, doesn't always hit until June. So there may be a, a secondary market that kind of shows up right after the draft. So you don't want to be too aggressive on uh, pushing the draft, meaning we're at 19. And if we don't see anybody worth trading up for, don't do it. Right. And at 19, if someone comes knocking on the door and they're like, we really want this pick, as you said, next year's loaded. Let's move back a couple spots, get a couple picks, let, let, let ourselves be prepared for the next couple of years and really think this as a business and, and really push this for our future and not stretch for a quarterback we don't truly believe in. Yeah, and you're right. There are probably the the five big QBs in this draft. Statistically, like two of them might work out. Like there's gonna be a, like at least one of like maybe it's like Mac Jones and Zach Wilson or like Trevor Lawrence and Trey Lance. Um, I don't want to be so down on. Justin Fields, but we've, and you know, like no two guys are the same, even if they came from the same school and played the same position. But I'm, I, I think I'm okay to sit out on Ohio State quarterbacks for at least a little bit. Uh, they will probably all be off the board based on what I understand by the time Washington comes up to pick. And I don't know that I want the fifth guy. I don't know if I want, I don't know if Fields is the fifth guy. I don't necessarily want. Also, name one Ohio State quarterback in the last X amount of years that has been successful. Yeah, it like it hasn't. It hasn't been. They don't have a great track record, right? They're not. No, pretty horrendous. They're not really doing it. Uh, and you know, there are some players. Again, I, I didn't watch a ton of college football, but there are some guys who like. <laughs> I would be excited to get that are going to be gone. A long time before Washington comes up to pick. I'm a big fan of yeah. the of the college football that I watched. I'm a big fan of. I love Jamar Chase at LSU, the wide receiver. He's like big and so mean, good. and just like awesome. Like I, he sort of and feels slightly, to me. I, I love that that slightly pissed off guy. You know, he he's just ready to play. I love that. Kyle Pitts uh, from Florida, the tight end, has gotten a lot of attention. I, He'll be gone in the top ten. Like so, it's not even. You know, yeah. Are you trading? What are you trading up to get a tight end in the first round? I mean, uh, it happens. It works out sometimes. I think he, he could go pretty early. He would be cool to have, but I'm not trying to like mortgage the future in any way for a guy like that. I I think I'm mostly with you here. I think oh the O line definitely overperformed last year. They were they outshot expectations. I hope they can 
do it again. I think they could use some help. I I, I don't feel awesome about Jerron Christian at left tackle still. He's always oh. sort of struck me as like a guy who should be a guard but has had to play left tackle. I don't... I mean... Damn, I don't even really like Morgan Moses at the right tackle spot. Like, I also feel like he's a guard who should be a tackle. But we have our interior. You know, Chase Rue had a very good year last year. Great year. We- Amazing. Wes Schweizer had a very good year for a guy who just kind of, like, ostensibly came out of nowhere. And then you got Brand- Brandon, Brandon Sheriff in the right guard position. So, like, they could use some depth, right? But... You know they 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 could look for help there. They addressed some needs at wide receiver already with uh, with Curtis Samuel, and they got Adam Humphreys. You know on the offense, Logan Thomas like had a really great year last year. They could still probably yeah. use another tight end if it's there, right? Absolutely. I mean, there are areas that we could use people at. Uh, absolutely. Um, I'm just looking at what are the ones that you're like, oh my god. Offensive line, linebacker, yeah, tight end, absolutely. But but you know, there's a couple serviceable people we could probably pull in uh, and be okay. But without that line, and I think you're right. Like they, not only they outperformed, these are guys that you look at. You're like they may be even the wrong positions. So let's bring some people in, put these guys in the positions they're meant to be at, and allow everyone to succeed. Sheriff, I'm I'm gonna say it out loud is probably gone after this year. Yeah. And there's also a chance we trade him. Probably. Probably. And, and so we lose this massive piece of the puzzle. We have to start putting the puzzle back together and quickly uh, for us to be, we're going to have a hard schedule this year. So we need a line that can handle some really good defenses. The way I've always felt post-draft is you want, you want your first-round guy to be a guy who can step in and start on day one. Yeah. Maybe quarterback aside, you know, that sort of being a, the situation where you're better served letting him sit. Though, if you're drafting a quarterback in the first round, you're going to be facing, if you're a coach, if you're a general manager, you're going to be facing calls to see the guy that you just spent, spent a first-round pick on. So when I look at this draft, I say, well, where are we weakest, and where could we improve upon immediately? And I, I, I'm with you. I think it's at linebacker. I just think Holcomb, Bostic, Harvey Clemens doesn't really quite do it for me. Landon Collins has said again he does not want to move up and play inside the box at linebacker, and we don't need to necessarily like address whether or not he should or should not. I think you should, but whatever. <laughs> uh, so I, I think um, if they can find a linebacker, if if I'm not mistaken, and again, look, if you're looking for draft draft projections, you got to go somewhere else. This is not what we're here to do. But I do know um, Micah Parsons. His, I'm going to make my pick here at the 19th over go at the it. 19th overall pick. The Washington football team is going to draft Micah Parsons from Penn State linebacker. That's where I'm. That's what I'm seeing. The only reason I hate that pick is because it's been. Yeah, I'm not a big, not my. But not not so much. Yeah, that would be my uh, yeah. that would be my projection for where Washington can make the biggest splash, right off the bat. 
I think we're going to go absolutely insane. And I think one of these five quarterbacks is going to drop down into the sec the second part of the uh, the first round, and uh, we're going to move up to like twelve or fourteen, give away some picks, and go after a quarterback. That would be that would be a real spicy meatball of a uh, of a draft for for us when we yeah. when we get oh, together yeah. when we get together next week and the week after that to talk about what happened. If that if that ends up happening, uh, world's going to be on fire. I. Would be yeah. It would be interesting and exciting, I think, if it happened. But uh, I think it'd be dumb, but it'd it'd be it'd be interesting. Uh, no lie about that. <laughs> <sighs> now, I'm sitting here and I'm thinking: over the last ten years, what draft picks really sit with you by saying that was that was an amazing pick? The Washington Football Team that was, or or what draft? What draft do you look at? And be like they they put that together. That was the best draft they've had in a while. It's funny because you know everything looks and feels better in hindsight. I mean, I've come out of drafts being like, "Wow, they nailed it," and spoiler alert, they did not nail it. Washington. I mean, if we're gonna if we're talking like the last decade ish. They have done a better job. They're more good than bad at getting a first round pick who has they've 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 done it. Like they've done a good job with their their top picks. I mean, going back, yeah. You know, obviously some few notable expe- exceptions, but you know, Chase Young nailed it. Dwayne Haskins didn't, but also they ended up getting Montez Sweat in that first round. So they they yeah. traded back in to twenty six to get sweat in twenty nineteen. Jerron Payne nailed it. Jonathan Allen nailed it. Josh Doxson did not nail it. Yeah. Brandon Sheriff they did. D- didn't have one. In, didn't have one in fourteen. Didn't have one in thirteen. Twenty twelve was RG three, which they nailed it momentarily, but um, yeah, you know, long term. And then you know you go back to. 2011 Ryan Kerrigan, 2010 Trent Williams. So they've done a pretty good job. And then Brian Arakpo back in 09. So they've done like a pretty good job w- with the the first round stuff. Like far better than than they have been bad. They Washington, I think, has done not so like they they have struggled to find mid or even like early mid talent that have panned out. I mean, that's sort of, you know, it it lines up with what we've seen this week. There was some actual Washington football team news that the team has opted to move on from Bryce Love, who they drafted in 2019. He was one of their two fourth round draft picks, the running back out of Stanford. I mean, just like lit the world on fire in college and has not, he never played it down in Washington. It just like it didn't work out for him. He's he was kept getting injured. Injured has just like continued to stay to be injured. I I think he he had some injury concerns coming out of college, and I you know it's like one of those ones like well with a fourth round pick like this guy has home run potential if he gets healthy, and he didn't. Um, I feel bad because I actually was pretty excited about that pick at the time. It felt like a good one. It's just kind of a bummer that that didn't work out. I mean, he's he'll be okay. Like, I don't know if he'll get another shot, but he has always said he wanted to be a like a pediatrician after he's done playing football. 
He made an NFL salary for two years, and he has a Stanford degree. So, like, he'll be okay. He'll be okay, but as, as a fan, I was with you. When they drafted him in the fourth round, it, it, it almost felt like it was a steal. Like we finally found somebody in the middle rounds that we could that we could pull and be our own, and, and I was so excited because everything in training camps, uh, we're talking about how great he was, how good he was going to be. Injured. Okay, we'll wait till next year. Comes back. Okay, great. Same thing before. He's smart. He's got this great view of of, of how the pocket goes and, and the the lanes, and he's amazing. He's great cuts. Injured. Okay, here we go again, and then it just never happened, and and you feel so bad for. Bryce Love, because this is his dream. But I feel worse for us fans because it just we never got to see him play. Really got to see him play. And so at that 2019 draft, I'm looking at, you know, we got Sweat, McLaurin. McLaurin was a, what a hell of a pick. But other than that, we got to really where are our middle middle of the draft uh, prospects coming from? We're not getting the home run that some of these teams are getting where they're pulling out a third, fourth, fifth rounder that becomes a starter. We're not getting that. Yeah, there's a handful of them over time. I mean, if we're looking at the that 2019 draft, um, Wes Martin did start some games. Cole Holcomb started some games. I still think he could be a productive NFL player. Jimmy Moreland, I think you, you put him in right now. I mean, you pencil him in as... Maybe not a starter, but like getting reps will be a nickel corner for Washington next year, all the things being equal. That draft may have been their best one in some time. I, you know, I, if we're looking at you, the original question you asked was what's the best draft that I think that they've had? Um, gosh, I mean, 2018 when they went Payne, Geis, obviously, that didn't pan out. I mean, but Jerron Christian is a star is a starter for him. Troy Apke, yeah, you know, yeah, he did not have a good year last year. That that turned out. Trey bad. Quinn, yeah, I mean, it's just like the it's like the second wave of players in twenty seventeen. Ryan Anderson, Fabian Moreau, Samaje P. Ryan, Jeremy Sprinkle, who just signed with Dallas. Yeah, uh, Ruye, Robert Davis, nope, Josh Harvey Clemens, and Joshua Halsey. That. Not quite the thing. Washington has had a very difficult time <laughs> at, at drafting running backs. Oh yeah. Oh god, yeah, yeah. And wide receiver. And wide receiver. I mean, minus McLaurin, who's amazing. There's consistently over all the years, you're like, man, why they, they just can't seem to find one. Yeah. What the hell is up with that? I mean, obviously, um, did Crowder? Crowder was a good pick for a fourth round. I mean that that was great. He was. That's true. I will. I'll, I'll grant you that he was productive for a long time, and was for the majority of last year the best receiver that the Jets had. Um, yeah. Did he sign somewhere? I now honestly don't remember. We're gonna we're we're guy remembering here, guys. Um, <laughs> he, he's he's a he's a Jet still. Um. I don't know what was. Do you have a a specific draft that you you think of as kind of being your your top tier? Like, what was what's the one that you look back on that that feels like they really kind of nailed it? I, I have to go within the last ten years, so I, I can go further back, but that doesn't really seem real. Yeah. Um. I let, I'm gonna look at the start with the 2011 draft, where we started off with a first round draft pick of character. Yeah. And the second round draft pick of uh, Jarvis Jenkins. Yeah. 
I was excited about that and pick, you, and it didn't really. It didn't really turn out, but I mean, but then you look at what they did after that, and they had a lot of picks. It was like Hankerson, Roy Hallou, Gomes, Niles Paul. All worked. I mean, we had a little. They were, those are all. Those one. are all Mason Brennan guys. Leonard Hank, Leonard Hankerson is a Mason Brennan. Like, oh yeah, we saw him in preseason. He lit it up. Like teams better lit better watch up. out. Hank is coming for you. Not so much. But then then you had someone like Royster, uh, Aldrick Robinson, who who six round draft pick and did play for a little while. Was actually pretty good. And and you look at that one. Okay, well, some bit players. But then the next year you get. You know, Robert Griffin, yeah. Kirk Cousins, Keenan Robertson, uh, Alfred Morris, Todd Compton. So that 12, I mean, if that's if probably the best stay on the track, had. they had three, yeah, they had if, three if pro bowls stayed on the mark for, for Griffin. It would have been an amazing draft. Yeah. I mean, but Cousins and Alfred Morris, uh, you know, we spent a lot of time on our last episode talking about Alfred Morris and how much we liked him. But yeah. God, such a that dude. that um, yeah, he's a dude. He's a dude. I think that's probably it. For me, maybe. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Like, they didn't have a first-rounder the next two years. They did get Jordan Reed, who just retired this week. I think we should – we'll spend some time at the end of this episode talking about Jordan Reed. Um, and the great Alex Smith, all retired. Yeah, we'll talk about some some new retirees soon. Um, I think, you know, for, for us, it feels like we, we will – Get excited the requisite amount after the draft is over. Um, I'm most eager to see what they do in the first round because that's kind of where their best their track record has been. Yeah, maybe they're able to get some depth guys beyond that, but I'm gonna temper, I'm gonna do my best to temper expectations about what will come out of this draft and you know this is the first time sort of with this new fully installed fully new brain trust running the show that we'll we'll sort of see where their heads are at you know agreed agreed and you gotta give them a chance let's everything has changed everything's anew and and in in round trust and here we go like let's do another one let's bring it back and he's in full control of this Let's go. Let's have some fun for this uh, this war room. And uh, maybe next year we actually have a Hogshaven draft party and we can get excited about what we're about to walk into. That's right. Now, similarly, we're what 40 minutes in and talking about this team that makes us drink. Uh, so, of course, it is a episode of Cult of Cult. Thank you for listening. We got to talk about what we're sipping on. Uh, if you, whatever you're having over there looks pretty good. Tell me what you're sipping on, Gumby. Uh, so again, my my neighbor John has become uh, my beer muse, which has been kind of amazing. He was able to pull out. I had no beer left in the fridge, and he comes out and he gives me a four pack, and he says, "You got to try the True Respite, oh, third anniversary stout." Okay. And I said, "Okay, I'm listening to what you're what you're putting out here. Uh, it's an Imperial Chocolate Chip Pancake Stout." Now, I hear all those words, and I think, wow, fat guy party. Uh, fortunately, it is not too much of a party, meaning it didn't get all overwhelmed. It's got a smooth, imperial stop taste. It's got like a, a pancake 
almost like a pancake makeable syrup in the background, mm. but not too much. The the chocolate chip, I can definitely taste the chocolate in the back. So it's a good drinking stout. I, I actually quite quite enjoy this one. Uh, it's not green like the last one I had for St. Patrick's Day, but this very good, amazing stout. Don't let the extra words fool you into thinking that it has too much flavor or too much of one thing. Really, tremendously. What are good. we looking at uh, ABV wise on that bad boy? Let me pop it. Uh, eleven. Ooh, all right. Yeah, it does not taste like an eleven. You're humming. You that, no, You're that humming. right now. Oh, I'm I'm going right at it right now. It's made in Moco. Woo. Moco. So now we found out that I'm doing a third anniversary a little true respite. Brian, what uh, what you sipping on? It looks like it's a little festive. It is this beer that I'm having tonight is one of the weirdest beers I've ever drank. You can follow us on Untapped at Stabby and at D. Cumberland Jr. This is from Tripping Animals Brewing Company, which is in Doral, Florida. Doral? 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 Doral, I okay. believe. Because the, the golf uh, thing's That's right. This is called, um, you can see it, there's a, a crazy monkey on it with a pie and bananas. There is a crazy monkey on there, and he looks demented. I know you're sitting down, but if if you weren't, I'd be I'd tell you to sit down. This is called banana cream pie, six percent ABV. It's a sour, with banana, mar- marshmallow, graham cracker, vanilla, and milk sugar. Do you do you taste all of those? Yes. It's very good. It's it's oh, wow. very weird. It's very weird. It's one of, I, as I truly one of the weirdest things I've ever had, but it's. Kind of a weird and a okay. I see what you did there. It's part of their pie series. I'm all about them pies. Okay. Do recommend tripping animals. Everything I've ever had by them has been really good, and this one is truly over the top, peculiar, but um, in a refreshing way. I like it. Yeah. Okay. I'll have to try that one. Now that we're we're all fully situated here, um, some more than others. I, you know, there is. One other notable Washington football team, TBD, uh, thing that happened this week. And, you know, this is this was the topic for years that, like, when they didn't have anything to talk about on the radio, they would talk about Tony Kornheiser made has and Mike Wise has have spent more time talking about the name then, you know, they know that it, it gets eyeballs, it gets ears, it gets attention. Uh, it, it sort of felt for, for many, 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 many years, like just the thing that people would bring up when they didn't have much else to discuss. Uh, now, we are, I think, living in a time where it is appropriate to be talking about the name of the team because it did come up again in the, in the news this week that there were some surveys sent out to season ticket holders. They've been they've been very transparent about that they they have this whole website about the rebrand was it washingtonjourney.com don't quote me on that but I think that's what it is. That, that's what I think that's I think it's correct. And you know they're they're trying to make this a um a transparent process and engaging process with with fans. And this week they sent out surveys to season ticket holders with kind of an amalgamation of what they uh, claim are names that are in active consideration 
And there were a lot of them. There were what, like thirty? I think there's a total of thirty-seven that went out. I think I have uh, almost all of them in front of me. But uh, so Jason Wright came on a couple of different shows I was listening to, and what he, in essence, what he said mm-hmm. was, "We put these out to get a feeler for not only the names but also genres that each that the fans are feeling. So if you hated something, he wanted to know. If you liked something, he wanted to know." If it, people were lukewarm on stuff, he wanted to know. It allowed him to kind of get that 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 feeling. It, it's unlike when I first saw it, I thought they were doing a, a Wizards poll where they said, oh, we're going to put down these X amount of names, and then we really only want you to pick one because that's the only one we're going to go with. But it seems like he's being legitimate. He's being honest with the fans and saying, we have these names. We want to get a feeling. There may be more names added later. Yeah, sure. And I said, that's that's great. So I'm going to read you, in alphabetical order, the first five names. Okay, hit me. And I want – we're going to go in five so, because I think one at a time is too much. Um, alphabetical order. These were given out by the Washington football team. I didn't come up with these. You didn't come up with these. The Washington football team's fans sent this to them, and they sent it out to yeah, us. Yeah, so, so okay. the process was – they have been soliciting for recommendations for people who can who want to send in like jersey mockups and name mockups and sort of like their you know fan art and it's like kind of a cool thing frankly like i love this stuff i love mockups uh, i was a uni watch reader i still kind of am for many many years like it's fun to imagine what might be um not all ideas as we will very soon discuss are created equal it's like an old school video game. We got to build your own uniform. Like sure. there's some cool, there's cool stuff out there. First five, okay? Yeah. Here we go. We get your opinion on no, number one, aces. Number two, ambassadors. Yeah. Number three, archers. Number four, armada. And number five, aviators. What What do you want from me? Do you want my favorite one? My least favorite one? My general just, impressions? Just your honest opinion of those five. Aces, Ambassadors, uh, Anchors, Archers, and Armada. I mean, anchor. you can't pick Anchors because, like, the number of, of, like, much like their mascot, they sunk straight to the bottom as Washington finished their season 2-15. and 15. Like, you can't. For the fourth year in a row. You can't like, do yeah. it. No, you can't no. do it. Um, of that group, I would say, I don't know, Ambassador. Like, I don't. I don't really like any of them. You can say you hate them all. Not, it's okay. You're allowed. Those that of if we're going in groups of five, that one is probably they're all relatively inoffensive. None of them are terribly good or exciting to me in any way. Zero of those are good or exciting in any way. Yeah, I agree with you. Those are all piles. Um, okay, next five. Beacons, mm-hmm. brigade, commanders, defenders. And demon cats. I mean, it's got to be demon cats. Like we're all in on demon cats now, right? <laughs> we're we're a pee wee football team, and we're being called the demon cats because we have an edge. I mean, whatever they choose, they'll the it, it it's probably won't be demon cats, and at least they'll say, "Well, you may not like it, but at least it's not demon cats," right? Yeah, or the Wizards, but, the, but they also steal 
directly from the XFL, yeah, the XFL and grab the defenders. Yeah. Like, come on, guys. I mean, again, it's we're not doing that. We're not stealing from the XFL and saying we're the defenders now. And and, and something like, oh, there was also the belters. Yeah, the belters, like the beltway. Yeah. Um, I, I, I can't I can't buy that jersey. No. I'm sorry. Yeah. No. It's just and all belts. I don't know what's happening here. Brigade was the uh, Baltimore AFL team. Also, if we're. But I mean, at least commi- the, like the, the BB Baltimore Brigade, like that sounds like yeah, it, the it Washington was Brigades. Alliterative. Not that we have to go. I mean, you mentioned the Wizards. I think the it's se- seemingly the majority of the reason that they went with Wizards was because it was an alliterative phrase. Um no, I mean I don't like any of and I don't like any of these either, personally. But um, you know, I, I agree. Be- beacons, like, I'd be more pro Bacon's than Beacons if we're Can being imagine, completely imagine honest. Imagine had like a, a, a like a beacon on the side of the helmet. Yeah, it's just like kind of anod- so it's just like anodyne. I think a lot of these, and I looked at the list too. They're all kind of just like anodyne, antiseptic, like try is inoffensive, just in. Like char- there's not a lot of character. Demon cats, though, a lot of character, a lot of character. Character there. to it, I, I don't think it's good, but it, at least there was character in it. It's an attempt. I mean, definitely sounds like a sixth grade class got together and was like, we should cross off the demon cats, and then the teacher's like, you can't be offensive, so they got rid of it. Uh, but yeah, we're not doing that. Okay, next five. First City Football Club. The Griffins. That's got us some history. History of DC's the Griffins. The Robert Griffins? <laughs> it's got a history. I didn't say it was a good history. Okay. Uh, Guardians. Of the Galaxy? Of the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. The Icons. And the Majors. Yeah, I mean, we, we've we already seen a number of... of um, of names in this list that are all like military adjacent. Uh, Washington does like the the football that this franchise does, and the NFL does like a lot of like troopsing. You know, there's a lot yeah. of like a lot of that. I mean, clearly they're they're feeling out that as a solution. Um, I wouldn't be my wouldn't be my first choice personally but um, I, i'm still i still haven't found one that i'm like no. oh my god this is great or, or what do you even th- acceptable what do you think it, what you had something to say about griffins what what are you feeling about in terms oh, of i was just griffin? laughing at it because yeah again they they have a cool little uh griffin logo that's on the side they want to put on a helmet but again robert griffins like let it go it didn't work then it's not going to work now griffins like the the magical creature yeah like is that's what <sighs> okay uh, let's let's move on. Move on exactly. Let's move on. Uh, now the uh, the Monarchs, which was a world football team back in the day, the London Monarchs. So we oh, have the like Monarchs. The, wait, is that that's like the and not NFL Europe? Yeah, NFL what? Europe. It was the okay. NFL Europe. Yeah, London Monarchs. Hmm. Which again, you know, if you know anything about the history of the United States, we're big on monarchy. Great I'm watching. Job, I'm watching the Crown right now, so I, I have some thoughts on this. But uh, we'll, I mean, we'll pr- save that for our awesome. other. We'll save that for our other. Uh, <laughs> our where we break down every episode of the Crown. Um, you can subscribe if you can find it. That, that's every Tuesday at seven a.m. <laughs> Prepare for that. Uh, monarchs, pilots, 
Presidents, Razorbacks, and then Red Tails. Now, two of those are actually so so the the pilots and the red tails that's kind of the same thing that's the whole point of them the red tails were were definitely something that came in big because of pilots uh of african-american descent and then you have the presidents in there so presidents pilots razorbacks red tails and monarchs yeah and i will be honest like for a number of years um i was pro red tail like the idea of it sort of being an honorific to the Tuskegee Airmen. They're the, you know, first uh, black aviators in, in military history. And it's supposed to be an honorific, um, uh, you know, breaking of racial barriers, all important stuff, obviously significant. There is a nice, um, it, it's clear based on this list, and we, if there's one in here that we haven't hit yet, that they would love to find a way to get red to be the first syllable of whatever it is that they come up with in order to just, like, keep some continuity. Um, you know, I, I it's it feels to me, and to use an, a phrase that was, I think I saw, uh, Barry Sferluga in the Washington Post, he wrote a really good piece about this, and I was mostly in line with everything that he said. He said that it's, it's well-intentioned, but I think it's off base. I, I oh, think completely. I, uh, I can understand what they're going for here, but I just don't think, I don't think it's, I don't think it's right. Um, it's close, close-ish. 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 In my, they, in my opinion. They're trying so hard not to upset anybody. They're trying everyone to make everybody happy at the same time. Uh, and it's, you, you gotta go for, you know, I think that the, the weird part is that the demon cat's idea is horrible, but I think it had the right angle where it's like, yeah, go let's completely go after something. The, uh, the opposite direction yeah. of, of let's go after something that like, that's cool. Let's go after something that's cool that the fans can, can gather on, not the demon cats, but something in that range where it's like you, you're going to get some, some feedback. You're going to get some, some people to dislike it, but you're also going to get some people that are going to just absolutely love it. And, and those are the people, you know, that the black hole for the Raiders, you yeah. know, you want those people at the dog pound, like that kind of thing where it's just rabid fans. That's who we want to be. That's why I want yeah. to be. To that um, end, I think Razorbacks may be the worst one on this list. It's like mis- misdirected, misguided in basically every way possible. They're like, well, yeah. it's kind of red and it's like kind of like the hogs, but like not really. But also there's another, you know, Arkansas, like oh, that one should be thrown straight into the. To the oh, garbage. absolutely! It gets, of course, like you know, half our team. But so, the garbage, so yeah. the uh, after that comes the, the. This is where they start. There's a couple of red ones in here. Yes. Um. So we got the Red Wolves. Yeah. Which is a, a big Fred Smoot push right there. He loves the Red Wolves. Well, if there's um, anyone who has the the a, requisite judgment to be making these types of decisions, it is Smoot. We love Smoot. him. We love him, folks. We love Fred Smoot. I love him to death. Red. This this is this one that 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 like irks me because it's a stretch. There's no reason for this being here, because I don't know if this even exists. The Red Hogs. It what well, does not? It does not it, exist. Yeah. So look we'll at that in just a second. So he goes Red Wolves, Red Hogs, Renegades, Riders, and just Rising. Just it's called Rising. 
Two two of the three of those, Renegades and Riders, very much are just like feel like like CFL names. I think well, there's because there's the Rough Riders, right? Rough Riders. The, well, DMX. It's all because of DMX. That's so right. it's it, it's their way of showing some uh, appreciation for what DMX did over his life. Sure, we do love our DMX. Uh, rip, rip, rip. Um, and Rising, like, uh, makes no sense. No, and it, that's it's wrong in all the wrong ways. Uh, what's we'll go back to the first two here in reverse order. Red Hogs feels very cynical to me. It's cynical. It's like, well, okay. They're like, oh, well, it's the best of both world, best of both worlds. Like you're getting your red, so you can still call them that. But then also, like hogs, you guys like those hogs. You like hogs. It's just like, but hmm. it sounds like utter crap. Oh, it's garbage. I mean, there's it's, it's complete garbage. Like I don't. I, I again, I love the hogs. I love them. It, it was it was a great time in the '80s. It was awesome. But don't don't do that to me. I would I'm not, not actually be, and one of the names that did not make this list was the Hogs. I would, you know, I don't want it to be that, but I think it's no. better. It's better than the Red Hogs. Just, just throw it right at us. Exactly what we want to hear. Just there we go. Yeah. Cool. And then, well, and then Red Wolves. Um, I think of the names on this list. That one for me falls in like the least bad. Close to the least bad. I don't. Okay. You know, I, I I don't. I don't love it, but, you know, ostensibly it is, you know, like they're an animal that's native to the area. Like, who could be mad about it? They're, they were or are semi-endangered. Like, you can do wolf pack stuff. Like, it's fine. It's fine. I'm not expecting, ultimately, like, I'm not expecting anything that's going to blow my socks off. Like, whatever they choose, I'm, I'll be like, unless it's like, you know, Thundercats or whatever. Like I'm, pre- presumably I'd love Thundercats. That'd be oh, awesome. I'd be, I played on a on a baseball team in high school. That was the Thundercats. I still have my Damn jersey right, and my dude. hats. I'll wear that sometime. Yeah. Um, Red Wolves. I would be true neutral on, in a way that like I wouldn't be for the Rising. I mean, we do love um, some, you know, post nine eleven Bruce Springsteen albums, but not enough to name our football team after them. I didn't even know that album existed. So to be perfectly honest with you, yeah, Rising is out. Yeah. <laughs> but and then and, and, um, yeah, we got what f- five-ish more, right? No, we, we got f- a couple more. We got a little more than five, but here we go. Okay. So uh, yeah. I'm going to knock this one out immediately because yeah. it goes along with the Monarchs, and there's a baseball team named it the Royals. Royals, yeah, no, pass. that one's tossed. Get, get out of the way. I don't. Want... Now comes the, the end of the list. Yeah. Uh, Rubies. <laughs> okay. Okay, yeah, exactly. Swifts. I, I I wish people would see my face. I literally have that like I just ate an entire lemon. Like that's the look of my face right now. I ate an entire lemon. My my I'm browed. My like my face is just like mm, why why are you doing this to me? So let's get rid of that. That's very now, like single A baseball to me. Oh yeah, and the Renegade sounds like somebody like you know Keanu Reeves is playing quarterback for. Like yeah. seriously, guys. Yeah. Stop watching. Stop watching the placements. Um. Here we go. Yeah. Here's a. I'm gonna remove the wayfarers. Take them out. They're gone. Yeah. Now we're gonna hit a. A decent chunk, of yeah. what I'm looking at here. Sure. So we have the the red wolves, which again neutral. That's fine. So here we go. Now all of a sudden it becomes real. 
-hmm. finally, after this many names, the Warriors, mm -hmm. the Washington, D.C. football club, nicknamed DCFC, mm -hmm. the Wild Hogs, mm -hmm. and the Washington football team. So you have those ones lined up. Now, there also is the 32 FC, which is, of course, you know, when we started in 1932, the 32 FC. I'm going to eliminate that one already. The 32 FC is ridiculous. So it leaves us sitting with Warriors, Washington, D.C. football team or club. So the D.C. FC, the Wild Hogs, and our current name, the Washington football team. What do you – what of those sparks any interest to you whatsoever? Yeah. Um, I will say that this, this sort of segment seems to me sort of being in the more – the category of more realistic okay. than than sort of anything else. I mean, we talked we talked about alliteration, the sort of the W's. Um, Wild hogs. I mean, they're they're trying something there. They want to go alliterative. They want like clearly hogs like caught their. They're like, oh yeah, you guys you guys read that website, Rick. And there are um, wild hogs in the world, so it's not like the red hogs where the, sure. the, the thing doesn't exist. There are at least there's like wild whore. You know, it's almost like a boar out there. That makes sense. Yeah, they are um, terrible for the for native environments. So neither here nor there. Warriors, like you know, people have been trying to make warriors happen for for years. Dan Snyder bought the the trademark rights to Warriors many many years ago, thinking he was going to also own like a like an AFL team or something. Okay, and I think he let it lapse. Um, it feels. It feels too close to like you, you can't. It's like it's not far enough away from where you came from. Um, I could still see it being problematic. Like it doesn't solve what you're going, you're seeking to solve in my mind. It it really depends on how they portray it. So if they stay in the Native American realm, yeah, you're just you're just punting instead of you know. You're, you're, you're putting for par. Sorry, that's a better way of saying it. You're putting for par, sure. and that doesn't make sense. That's the whole, whole reason this is all gone. If right. you go a different aspect for the Warriors, um, again, I think Mark from Hogshaven was going with Warriors, but his idea was to put the W on the side of the helmet, and my immediate thought was that sounds like something a high school would do. Just I just – they got to – don't even open yourself up to the possibility of, like, having there be some amount of, like – overlap with what you have yeah, you got you're you, you got to make a clean break and this to me is not um i personally maybe this is me i think i'm probably in the vast minority on this one i think um dc football club is not so bad given the options i don't i don't you know, it's not my favorite. I do like the fact that they are um, putting DC in there. I, you know, I, I was. I think it's it's important to sort of recognize like the city uh, itself, and sort of like there is an element of history there. And so, like, really calling out like who you are and where you're from. In my mind, I mean, partially in my, I have wished they had gone with club, not team, in the first place. I think we disagree on that. No, no, I completely agree with that. I, you do agree. That, I've, okay. been, I've been preaching that from the beginning. They should have gone with club instead of team from the get-go. 
it, it pulls back that old school like 1930s, 1940s feel. Yeah. It, it brought back some history. Absolutely. And then, you know, that kind of leaves us where we started. And this is kind of what Sverluga got at in the post. Like, none of these do it f- for me enough that it justifies changing what they've got now. And, like, clear, you know, they, they, they went to Washington football team very quickly. You know, there was, it was like a damage control situation. Like, there was a lot going on. They were trying to save face. But, you know, a, a year-ish later at this point, for me at least, uh, it, it sits with me, it's, and it's fine. It's okay. You know, they went to the playoffs. I'm not going to be like, oh, yeah, like the football team. Like, they, they're like a rich tradition of, of winning and success for the Washington football team. But in the same way that there were a handful of others here that my reaction was, well, I don't hate it. I feel similarly for Washington football team at this point. And I know some people think it's silly, and they're like, oh, you lost to a football team named football team. It's like, yeah, okay, whatever. Like, you know, I and maybe that is a testament to whatever they go with. If it is not Washington football team, I'll probably, like, I'll live with it also. But I don't know. Like, where's your head? Are you okay with your Stockholm Syndrome here? Where you're just you're you've been captivated by the Washington football team. You've been held hostage. You've been put in their house. You're starting to think that they're your friends. The Washington football team as a name is atrocious. It is the most generic, boring piece of crap they could have come up with. The logo of the W is atrocious. The Washington on the front of the jersey is boring. Everything about the Washington football team was to save face. I despise the name. I despise everything about what they did. Now, the, I, except for the helmets. I thought the helmets were kind of cool. It's kind of throwback college. All that. I'm okay with that. Yeah. But we need to change that. We need to get rid of all of that. We need to completely remove the Washington football team. It's gone. Get it out of here. It has no basis. It's the most generic makeup for how bad they started. The Washington Redskins was deemed racist because it's racist. It so is. let's go to the most generic possible response that we can do and call ourselves a football team guess what you guys did it you ruined it there's no mascot there's no theme song that we can play no one understands what to do no one's buying jerseys because no one gives a crap about the football team the only and and if you i have a a, a mini helmet only because it may be worth something later because it's a one season they're going to do it i like the washington DC football club. And let me explain why DCFC that gives us at least some sort of moniker that isn't like team. We're playing the team this week. Yeah. We're playing the football club. We're playing the club. It, it, it harps back a lot more to the forties and fifties, thirties, forties, fifties. When a lot of these football teams uh, were called clubs, it, pulls in that European feel from soccer, allowing us to be more diverse because many of these soccer teams in Europe are called football clubs. Well, um, clubs, they're clubs, yeah, they're clubs. But, but they're yeah. called, you know, like we are big Manchester United fans. So we Manchester are. United football, cl- football club. club. So it's, you know, MUFC, but what that allows for by being called a football club 
is a secondary mascot, a mascot that may not be official, but it is official. Uh, I will use our Manchester United favorite team. They have the Red Devils. Is it on anything? Yes. But is it on the name? No. So you have a backup to it. You have another nickname that you can come up with. And that's a secondary thing that happens. They also have the Bees because it's a big Bees for Manchester where we now are able to kind of form our own background as fans. We decide. We get chants. We can make up songs. We can get a band playing. We can allow that to happen. But we come in as fans and force this to happen in a way that makes us in control. The Washington football team takes that away from us. Some of these horrible names are on here takes that away from us. But having at least, at least the DCFC allows us to do that. I can deal with something, you know, I'm looking back at some of these things. The, the, the Red Wolves allows us to do that. Uh, the Red Tails at least gives us a little bit of play there. But other than that, I, I, I cannot stand to sit on the world of us being called the Washington team much longer. There is no love for it. There is nothing special about it. It makes me feel generic. I feel like I'm going to Costco and I'm buying the most bland cereal possible and I'm just walking with a big-ass bag that just says O's. And I'm like, why? what the hell is wrong with me? This sucks. We don't have a band. We don't have a mascot. We don't have a fight song. We don't have anything that makes us fans. What do we have? We have a team Thank God for Heineke decided to go crazy for one game and almost beat the Super Bowl champions. Makes me happy. We'll remember that. Let's change the name. Let's have some fun. Let's be good again. And let's love the team that we watch because Dan Snyder sure as hell not going to make it easy on us. Yeah, and I think you see, you make a lot of very salient points. And I think even if they stay Washington football team, which I would say I would put even odds at them doing that at this point I think there's probably even odds that they stay I think that they do need to do some amount of rebranding I think they kind of tried to make lemonade out of lemons and you know did sort of a visual identity I mean they, they basically came up with that thing in like two weeks like they eight seconds they, yeah. they had to they had to really go quickly and you know we're I they're still going I, I don't see any way in which they don't stay burgundy and gold I think that that's going to be an operative thing I think it's going to be important. I think that they will do it. I don't. I think that's like a layup. Um, I don't know. I don't get so. But let me let me jump in here. So with the DCFC, at yeah. least the 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 way they kind of intertwine themselves with the 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 Nationals, the Capitals, the Wizards slash Bullets, the the Mystics is the DC. So imagine they have this amazing uniform, burgundy and gold out, just like you always seen. Yeah. But instead of Washington, you have this awesome, the old school Nationals DC intertwined on it. On the side of the helmet, we, there's so much you could do with that side of the helmet. Sure. Uh, and have a great time with it with the DCFC. But at least the DC's there. Sure. You know, it's, it, it's, it, it's that thing that intertwines them with the rest of the sports teams that are here. Um, I hate Pittsburgh sports, but God bless them. They are so intertwined when it comes to their teams. It's amazing. You just wear uh, yellow and black. Here we go. At least give us the D.C. that intertwines everyone together. And eventually, hope to God, this team moves to D.C. And we have this cumulative ability to be together. And the D.C.F.C. at least gives us one up on that. Yep. 
and I think those are all, again all good points. You know, it's going to take some time here at this point. I do think that some of this for the team was an exercise in getting all the junk out and seeing how badly people would react to some of it. Um, you know, it's it's like a marketing thing. Like you're trying to sort of put out some feelers. I I think I'm I'm with you. You've you've swayed me to an extent. On I was more pro than anti DCFC than I was anti than pro. Uh, we probably have another ten months before we find out. Maybe probably eh, yeah, about ten months. We'll we'll find out. I mean, this about is sort months. of and the, these are not the end of the names. There's possibly yeah. more names to be added. Yeah, but we can look at that list and say two thirds of it is a big pile. Yeah. So at least puts us somewhere to start. More to come on that unquestionably. So I think we'll start to wind down and come back and talk a little bit about two former members of the franchise who have decided to hang up the cleats this week. The first one Jordan Reed, who Jordan Reed really when you okay when you think of Jordan Reed, what what comes to mind for you? What everyone else says, what could have been? I mean, you just feel bad. The concussions got him, man. Concussions got him. He couldn't get away from him. It's the the craziest injury in the world because it's your head, um, and you can't do anything about it. it you're, I, I've had a lot. I've had seven major concussions in my life. Uh, and I can tell you it's foggy. It's weird. It's a, it, and they keep coming back. So he couldn't do anything more. He had one more season in Saint, San Francisco just, just so he knew he could play again. And I feel for the guy. But I'll tell you what, when he was on that field and he was 100%, he was great. He was, he, he was somebody who was special. And, and, and hopefully he's able to do some special things in his life after this. But I can't blame him for retiring. It just, it just got him. The, the concussions just got him. He never played. He never played 16 games in a season his entire career. His best year in Washington was 2015. He played 14 games. He had just shy of a thousand yards. Ended up with like 90-ish catches, 87 catches, um, 11 touchdowns. You know, it's it's tricky because concussions. I've I've also I took. A really bad one, and it basically ended my football career early, pr- probably for the best. But um, save for a momentary attempt at a comeback, but you know that'll be written about someday. Uh, it's hard because with with Reed, you know he had he took him in college too. He had he came into the league and already had some. And I mean, I'm I'm I hope I hope he's okay. And I really thought he was going to hang it up. After the 2018 season, I mean, didn't play all 2019, and then went to San Francisco, and he played 10 games, um, four touchdowns, like 200 yards receiving, like 25 catches. Uh, you know, it, it's it's all. He was a guy who had a high ceiling. When he was on, he was on, but when he was when he wasn't able to play because of concussions, I think he he kind of got this reputation and in my mind unfairly so that he was soft and that yeah. like oh well look at Jordan Reed he's over on the sideline again and it's that's more i think an indictment on the way that 
we still continue to view injuries or ailments or struggles that are not visible. And I'm talking about, you know, concussions. I'm talking about mental illness. I'm talking about chronic illness. If you can't see it and you see a guy and he's over on the sidelines and he's in sweats, it's like, well, he looks fine. That doesn't mean he's fine, right? And for Jordan Reed, you know, he – there have been all these stories that have come out in the, in the last day or so since his retirement talking about, like, he was tr- he was a warrior. Like, he was out there. He was playing with injuries, not just a concussion. Like, he, you know, he had dislocated shoulders. Like, he, he was hurt a but, lot. But again, the, the, he was hurt a lot, but he also, you know, you have that – I'm going to use the word warrior because we just heard it. The warrior mentality, and, and football is built off of that. Yeah. And you can play through – a shoulder injury. You can play through an ankle injury. You can play through all these injuries that, and people watch you go through that. And they're like, man, he's, you know, he's, he's, he's amazing to get through that. But your head, when it gets foggy is a problem. Yeah. And when you're going at that far, and I remember, I can't remember what game it was. It was early in the season and he went down, maybe preseason or right in the very beginning of the season. And he went down, he took a knee to the head almost in the temple area. And I remember going, man, if he had no concussions issues whatsoever before this, no, he's got one now, that yeah. it, it was the most unlucky hit you can possibly take with that concussion issue. But also if you look at like the playoff game he played in, I guess it was his, his pro bowl season, 2015, 120 plus yards he had he had an amazing game that and you just that was the one where you go wow you know what could have been but i i look at him and i go i'm glad he's not trying anymore sure cuz his 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 head's not there i mean like physically um and i hope he has the greatest life after this ever and he was a great guy a great teammate and one of those people you really hope he has an amazing life after this He's he's still only thirty years old. Yeah, he's thirty. Yeah, it's just like I don't know. I I too also hope that everything is okay for him. I will remember him fondly. I will remember him as a guy that maybe didn't meet potential, not through necessarily any fault of his own. Um. He was a fun player to watch. When he could play, he was fun. And he was yeah, oh, good. And occasionally you would see flashes of just like, wow, this guy, I, I, I get the hype. Like, I totally understand. So Absolutely phenomenal. You know, for him to now step away from the game, he, you know, by all accounts, he was drafted in 2013. He had a seven-year long, I mean, he didn't play seven seasons, but a seven-year long NFL career. That is a, that is above average by every measure. He, um, good for him. We'll, we'll rem- oh, I, I will remember him fondly. I think we'll remember him fondly and, and we'll wish him the best. Um, he, he will always be known as, as a dude when he played. He's, is he going to get his name on the, uh, in the stadium? No. But is he going to remember it as somebody that we all went, man, that guy, that guy could literally ball. He could ball. Absolutely. Yeah. Now in the same, same, similar vein. Alex Smith also announcing that um, that he's hanging it up as well. Uh, 
this one is interesting because you know you could t- you talk about warrior mentality, and we've spent plenty of time talking about Alex Smith and sort of his desire to play through injuries, and even when in sort of his statements following his, his retirement, he said, you know, I still thought I had snaps left in me, like I thought that um, that I could still go, but I similarly feel for Alex Smith that it is it's the best um I would have felt that before this season as well um you know it it was he had a very he had such an interesting career he really had such an interesting career where you know getting drafted so you know number 1 overall and having these high expectations and being remarkably productive, like in a way that I think was un- underappreciated that he started to get some love for this week, really just sort of now in retrospect, like his, his touchdown to interception ratio and his winning percentage. And, um, but for, I think it was tricky because he was, and there, this is the way it is with a lot of, especially a quarterback. Uh, he kind of always was going to be, held up as a point of comparison to Aaron Rodgers, who was drafted in the same draft as him and then, you know, fell and fell and fell and went to Green Bay and his, you know, he's going to the Hall of Fame, right? So for Smith to come back and take another snap, I mean, he won comeback player of the year this year. It was a slam dunk, easiest decision that could have been made by by the voters. Skip Bayless is an idiot, but still. Skip, that That's an evergreen statement. That's true. That's, an just, that's a blanket statement. statement. Uh, you know, for, for Alex Smith, um, you know, he he finishes, you know, comeback player of the year. This year he was a three-time Pro Bowler. He you know, had a 199 to 109 touchdown and interception ratio, f- threw for over 35,000 yards, uh, was productive, was a contributor in all three places he played, in San Francisco, in Kansas City, and in Washington, an, ins- an incredible and inspiring story of perseverance. And, uh, you know, similarly wish him all the best and hope that, you know, it's sort of, he, he kind of left here with sort of like a chip on his shoulder being like, oh, I'm going to, I'm still, I'm still going to go. Like, I, they, they're making a mistake by not bringing me back. But, it's just the mentality that he has. That's just the he's way he's a competitor. He, he's a competitor, and I don't blame him for sort of have, playing with that chip on his shoulder. And sort of, you don't have a career as long as he did. You know, Fifteen years in the NFL—that's incredible. I mean, tip of my cap well, to him. There were some people making uh, noise that he should also be on the Ring of Fame, and I, I disagree. He—he's—he's he's had a, a fine career, and uh, I wish him all the best in the world. But he is not going to go down as a Hall of Famer for the Washington football team. No. He's not. That's not who he is. He won 20 um, games in Washington. Yeah, so he's, he's not us. Uh, but no, that's Jordan wrong. He won, 11, he won 11 games in Washington. I yeah, he right. won 11 games. 11 he played games. maybe 20. Yeah. But it's not like Jordan Reed. Jordan Reed began with us. We loved him for a long time. Like Alex Smith still was like, good. We're like, okay, good for him. Comeback player of the year. That was a great story. We loved him very much for that. Uh, however, you know, it's one of those. I wish he retired three months ago and saved us $8 million on our salary cap, but yeah. <laughs> oh, I wish him the best of luck. He is a good dude. 
He showed he's a good guy. He tried his ass for this team, mm-hmm. and he came back, come, come back player of the year, and I wish him the best in whatever he's going to do next because he's one of those people I guarantee he's going to become a coach because he's sure. already shown through what he did in San Fran and what he did in KC and possibly did here that he can train a young quarterback and make them absolutely phenomenal. Yes. And I think that he has a gift, and I, and I wish him for that because – Please take advantage of that gift. Also, Washington, hire this man right now to run your quarterback program because he's shown he has a gift. Yeah, that would uh, just throwing that out there. That would definitely um, earn some goodwill. You know, they're they're doing everything they can to to earn that goodwill. And I, I'll tell you, I'll <laughs> tell you one anecdote before uh, before you're ready to go. So a couple of years ago, over with with Canon First Amendment, um, we had Kevin Hogan come on and join us on a live show so kevin hogan played high school at gonzaga went to stanford and then was um in training camp with kansas city for a period of time and we got to talk to him shortly after alex smith came to washington and hogan was trying out for for to make the team ultimately didn't get there but he had nothing but but good things to say about alex smith and and the way that he worked with other younger guys in his position group and he said you know he kevin who didn't spend a ton of time sort of in nfl circles he said you know i've been in quarterback rooms where it's kind of like doggy dog and guys in your group view you as the enemy and view you as their potential replacement and like don't want you to succeed but that is not who alex smith is and we've heard that we heard it with patrick mahomes who you know turned out to be pretty good he he may be okay he may be okay we heard with colin kaepernick who had nice things to say about and, Alex and, Smith. and colin kaepernick colin kaepernick did not get in off out of the nfl because of his play no we'll, we'll put that we'll put that out there we'll leave that where it is we all understand it and so. you know and we we heard it again this year and obviously he wanted to continue playing and um i don't know you're right bring him in find a find a role for this man if if he wants to be here I don't know about you, Gumby, but I always want to be here on The Cult of Cult, this podcast that is produced and edited by me, Brian Stabby, and my co-host and director of social media is you, Gumby. Direct all, direct all complaints at Gumby for our tweets. You can follow The Cult of Cult on Twitter at The Cult of Cult. That's all one word. Also, as I mentioned previously, we are available on Untapped at B Stabby and at Decumple Jr., you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and Spotify by searching Hogshaven, a Washington football team podcast. We ask that if you like what you've heard, that you do three simple things, that you subscribe, that you rate us five stars, and you encourage one friend to check us out. It makes a huge impact in our ability to reach new listeners when you know that your listening time is valuable. And we appreciate you taking your time with us Gumby, another week in the books. We will be right back here next week, maybe for the live draft. Maybe. Here on The Cult of Cult. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. 
Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.